Hi, everybody. For the first time ever, we're on time. Yeah, it's right at six. Hello, hello. What is up, guys? Hey, everyone. What is up? Anthony, say hi. Anthony. Hello, hi. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I was excited that we were on time. Yeah. Uh, I was still waiting because we usually go on like 10 minutes. Right? right. <laughs> I know. There has to be more technical difficulties in this. And I think, uh, yeah. Anyone in the chat? That's what I'm waiting for. Clint. Clint is here. No. It's going to take a minute for people to trickle in. Because I I announced it in the Metalheads group, but I didn't announce it on our page because we're still running that ad for our competition, and I didn't want to compete with that because right now that's top priority. (laughs) Welcome in. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to our live Metalheads podcast. Today, we're actually... uh, going to talk about one of Scott's all-time favorite bands, the Smashing Pumpkins, or just Smashing Pumpkins, no the, right? And uh, we're going to have a good old time. We have some Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire with us. Oh, yeah. Yes, because we are celebrating our campaign (laughs) for victory in the Jack Daniels Battle of the Bar Bands. So if you you see on our, our timeline the main you know, image right now is uh, uh, us we're running for the winner, the grand prize winner, winner of the Jack Daniels Battle of the Bar Bands. That's a tongue twister. That's ridiculous. Jack Daniels Battle of the Bar Bands. Yes, it's a lot to say. But so we're always we're celebrating Jack Daniels. The voting goes until August 2nd. Uh, please vote every day. You can vote every day. Uh, multiple. I mean, multiple days all all the all the way till august 2nd and you guys are entered every time you vote to win five hundred dollars uh so that's cool that's five hundred dollar gift card from jack daniels yeah five hundred. well that's what votes? i don't know is five. that that i don't know if it's a visa gift card like a cash card or if it's actually just a jack daniels gift card ah. even if it's for jack daniels i, mean, yeah. like I consider sweet, yeah. that a really sweet <laughs> like five hundred dollar that's card. true are we taking the uh Oh, dude, Jarrett Mayer is drinking Jack right now in support. Well, then I think that maybe we need to drink with him. Is that what we're going to do? All right, guys, before we... virtual shot. Yes, we're going to do our virtual shot. Everybody get your drinks, get your Jack, get your your vice of choice. We're going to go ahead and do a celebratory shot because we're going to kill this thing. You guys are going to make us win. I know it. You guys are voting. You're messaging me. You're messaging all of us saying that you're voting every day. So this is all, this is to you guys. Yeah, you guys are literally killing it. Um, This is in no way a disrespect. No, 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 no. But if you, like, go look at all the other bands, like, you guys are doing a hell of a job. Yeah. Like, like if you check out the other bands and their social media right now, it's nowhere near what is happening on our page. So what you guys are doing is freaking awesome. Yeah, the interaction you guys are doing is great. We really, really appreciate it. And Jeffrey, yes, uh, you can vote multiple times. I think you only get to vote once per day, but you could do it, obviously, day after day, up until August the 2nd. Yes, exactly. Not multiple times in a day, but multiple times um, throughout the course, like he said, till August 2nd. Yeah, and feel free to, like, you know, tell your friends, your family, your brothers, sisters, neighbors, like, everyone, like, hey, please help Hamsters. these friends out. Like, help my my band yeah. metal out. Just go to this link. We're going to post it somewhere in the comments. Yeah. And, you know what? Um, Actually, I'll add it to the top of the video right now. Please. Nice. 
and uh, we would really, uh, we will really, really, really appreciate your help and support. And we're about just to <laughs> take this shot, right, boys? Yes. Hell yeah. Scott, take your little baby solo cup. Sorry, guys. I know I'm not talking wait, to Scott. Mike. Sippy cup. <laughs> wait, Scott. This time, Scott has to wait. It's Scott. <laughs> Scott. Every, as everybody knows, I always shoot first. Scott. Right. Damn it. Oh, Damn man. Damn it. It did it again. It's not a race. God bless it. All right. Well, the rest of I'm us. Gonna, I'm going to savor mine. <laughs> yes. Cheers to Cheers. the the rest Cheers. of the band is actually going to take yes. it together. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's spicy. It is spicy. Why is it spicy? <laughs> this is, well, what's the, that, that, the candy? The Sp uh, Red Hots, right? No. no. The, the one hot. that's like a jawbreaker. But fireball. Fireball? It literally is a yeah. fireball. Yeah, that's like that little round, red one. Yeah. Cheers, cheers to you guys. Can you guys put um photos? Can you post photos in the comment section? I don't think you can. I was gonna say, send us a picture of what you're drinking, but but if you want, you could actually go into the Metalheads yes group and post your pictures in there. Yeah, and we'll have interactions afterwards. Exactly. Look at all this Metalheads, just like this. Search it. It's our it's our private group. Pretty much everybody who's in here knows, but. Go add yourself to it. It's super fun. It's just a music group. We talk. Oh, shit. Drink out of the mic. We just, we just talk music. We joke around. It's, it's a nice, cool place to just, you know, share music. Lots of everybody's sharing videos, uh, memes. It's just chill. Uh, no, no drama. There's no politics or anything like that. It's, it's just straight music talk. And, uh, yeah, I would love to have you guys. We'd all love to have you guys in there. Show us your drinks in there. It doesn't have to be Jack Daniels. No, but it should be because yes. for the next two weeks, I'm all about Jack Daniels. <laughs> or in um, Michael McKeon's case, you can show your coffee. There That's you a, go. Perfect. I love it. Perfect. Uh, now to the main event. Today, we're discussing... Smashing Pumpkins. <gasps> of all the bands that we have chosen to focus on in these podcasts, when I embarked upon further research, I do not think I identify with the band more than I identify with the Smashing Pumpkins. There will be more on that later. I just want to set the tone for this podcast. From their random influences, counterculture style, and a quest for perfection, I truly believe I identify with them more than any other band. I'm going to start this with a quote from Billy Corgan. It's... It's the basic behind the music story. Band has nothing. Band tries hard. Band gets success. Friends, drugs, wives, the whole thing falls apart. Everybody cries. We used to say before interviews that we didn't want to do anything that would make us a cliche. And at the end of the day, we became every cliche you could have possibly imagined. I like this because we feel the same way. And the only reason I think we'll succeed in not becoming a cliche is because we're all old enough to have already sowed our wild oats. When you're, when you're really young and naive, you're still susceptible to, the, to these things. It's a lack of confidence in who, I don't know if it's a lack of confidence in who you are or a feeling of having something to prove. I'm not sure. It is interesting, though, for them to have even a high enough level of thought process at that age to want to be, to want to be avoiding being a cliche. And I wanted you guys to kind of like help talk about that a bit because nowadays I just feel like like, like imagine being imagine being twenty years old, and having the thought process of I don't want to be a cliche. I just feel like people now are just like we like to go clubbing and like that's cool. That's lit. Yeah, oh. you know what I mean. Like, but like even the idea of being a cliche, it's almost like like to me it seems like everybody wants to conform. 
You know what I mean? Like, like they don't actually value being different. It's like the more like everybody else you are, the cooler it is. No, I, I, I would agree that it feels like society values like more of like homogenous kind of collective. It feels like they're, they say diversity and all this, right? But if you actually really look at it, like you were saying, music starts to all blend together. You know, style starts to kind of all blend together. I mean, even aesthetic, like go on social medias, different kinds of like Instagram accounts, like influencers. They all look the same. Yeah, they all look the same. So I understand that, you know, the idea of not wanting to be the cliche and how it was interesting that they were, your point being that they were so young, you know, Corrigan and, and everybody was so young when they were worried about being that cliche. I don't know if I could say like, you know, the typical 16-year-old, 17-year-old now has the same worry. Well, I'll be honest. When I was playing back uh, in the day, I was in my what early 20s mid 20s and um and the group that i was playing with yeah we were we were trying to like target like a very specific uh age group which required to be kind of cliche and at that point i mean mid 20s i can kind of see how yeah. uh billy corgan was saying about that stuff that you don't want to become that but when you're that young you don't know it when you're doing it so I don't know. It kind of rings truth to what he was saying. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Jerry, because I I even remember when I was in my old band, I really liked the idea of like the general rock star cliche, right. like the idea of like, you know, just being drunk all the time, partying and doing all that stuff. Like, and I thought that even being able to sell that was something that helped sell the band. And just later in life, realizing that more than anything, if you can be a cliche, then you're not ever going to be someone who's important. You know what I mean? You're just never going to have your own individual style. You're not going to do anything different. And that's why now I just try to do not everything. I don't do everything different in a rebellious way. I just do what I want to do instead of doing anything that I thought coming before me was what I was supposed to do. And Ray Ray actually had a point too. Um, I haven't made that point yet. Oh shit! Burn, <laughs> but um, I saw it brewing. I can't tell without the bandana. I can't oh, tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, just kind of like going back to the origins of the band is like I can't imagine that they could probably fail like being the outsider outsiders in their own hometown because back then, you know. There was like the electronic music scene in Chicago, the house music, and the grunge scene, you know, like Nirvana and and, uh, other bands. And they were kind of like floating all around. Like, we have to make something different. We have to make something unique and and new. And and that's how everything started, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm impressed. I don't think that... When I was that age, I thought about like, oh, I don't want to be a cliche. I, it impresses me that they thought <laughs> about it in that, you know, that level. Well, because I think by the yeah. Siamese dream time, they were like 22, 23. And that wasn't right. even when they made Gish. Yeah, when, exactly. when they made that quote, was that years after? Years after. Okay. Yes. Okay. But yeah, to, to like think about that, oh, we want to do this thing and we don't want to be a cliche. I, I definitely don't think that uh, at me at that age... I didn't think about things at that level, so it impresses me that they were, you know, mm-hmm. they were doing that. I was just trying to reposition the mic because it doesn't like pick up a lot very well. I don't like having mics close to my face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 
like as a little bit of background, Smashing Pumpkins came up in Chicago. Billy met James when they were young, and the two of them effectively together created the Smashing Pumpkins. They later met their bassist Darcy when Billy and her began to argue about whether or not the band inside a club they were at was any good. Darcy was an awesome addition because a foot was on her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> And not only so did she, she play bass, out. but she also <laughs> yep. played violins. I should kick myself She up. was well-versed in music in general, so she really helped contribute to the project. In 1988, the, tri- the trio played live with a drum machine for a little bit until they finally met their drummer, Jimmy Chamberlain. And, and from then on, he found his forever home. A forever <laughs> oh. home? Yeah, I put that in the doc because I wanted to. <laughs> they, they didn't think he was going to work out because his style and look was so different from theirs. They were kind of goth, and he drove a Camaro and had yellow drums. The, he was, it, that was probably his brother, uh, Jimmy's brother. Uh, Jimmy's brother had a he has a, a brother as who's also a drummer. So he still has well, a yellow Camaro. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> he probably sold it after that. But um, Jimmy is an extraordinary drummer, like yeah. unbelievable, talented drummer. Yeah, like, he's fucking killer. He's freaking good. It's interesting. It's kind of similar to the Chili Peppers, didn't they say that? They felt like Chad Smith wasn't like their style. He yeah, was like a metal guy, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, and, like they brought him in and it kind of worked out, so it's cool. That that's the thing that's cool about bringing in so many different influences into a group that can mesh well together. Because once you put that together and you know they can gel the right way, music wise. I think it's a huge benefit sure. to have so much influences from one point to the from one spectrum to the other that when you come together, obviously you guys are kind of working uh, to come up with a very specific sound or like general area sound that all of that helps because that makes you stand out. Oh yeah. I, yeah, at least that's what I think. I, I, I totally agree. agree. I can imagine just Jimmy like walking into the gig and he was like expecting because he's coming from like a jazz background. Okay. So he Looking was probably like Charles in charge. Yeah, like where's the trumpetist? Where's the trumpetist? Like where's these the, guys look kind of weird. You where's know, the alto sax. <laughs> yeah, I need to get on learning that alto sax. Yes. <laughs> I thought everybody was saying alto sex for a second. I was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> alto, Spanish. You have to get in the roof. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Alto, yeah. But yes. So we're moving on? Yeah, we're moving yes. on. All right, cool. So shortly after they got Jimmy, they ended up recording Gish, which Courtney Love lamented sounded like the band's second album. She explained to Billy she felt that way because it was too good. Normally, bands' first albums never sound that good, and the Smashing Pumpkins were always given shit because they tried too hard and cared too much about their level of music. Apparently, back then, it wasn't cool. My thing is, is why is laziness always considered cool? Mm. Is it because everyone ideally would like to be able to do nothing and still get by? I really don't get it. You always hear the classic trope of, yeah, I just kind of wrote this song in 15 minutes, or we didn't really try one day and our band was just huge. We all know that that is always a lie. It's like the whole concept of, you know, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success type of thing. But for some reason, even though that's the truth, everyone still tries to sell everyone on this idea that, no, 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 it just, it just happened for us. Like, one day we were just laying around and, like, a guy called us and he's like, you want to be famous? Yeah, it's like, so true. Yeah, it, it's weird. And so, like, the Smashing Pumpkins realized that also from early on that they were going to have to work their ass off to be great. And one of the documentaries I was watching, some guy actually said, like, that was, like, associated with the band, but I don't remember what his name was. He actually said that it's 
it's weird that their goal was not just to come out and like be a good band, but to literally just destroy everything else like in sight. That like to leave the audience so dumbfounded that they couldn't believe that there was like another band on earth. Well, and and just so you guys know too, when when we prepare for these, you know, discussions, these podcasts, like we watch lots of like hours of documentaries and I would really encourage you guys to go do the same because I end up finding out stuff like this that I had no idea about. And the biggest point I wanted to make is that understanding kind of the mentality behind them and a lot of musicians helps me understand and respect the music so much more. It's kind of might be tangential to what you're saying, but one of my biggest I don't say criticisms, but maybe like um, I like to like postulate to the audience, right? Is that when you have these more like harsh opinions, these like hyper, like hyperbolic, like super over the top, black and white, like this sucks or this has got like very like strong, you know, exaggerated opinions about music. It it, it more shows uh, an a neglect of understanding the music, you know, an actual not full understanding of music as a whole and what music is and how music can be made. I feel like the more you learn about music, the more nuance you gain and the more it's actually hard for you to just come right out and say, all that is crap or all that is bad. Yeah, You know, it, it, it becomes so much more difficult because as somebody like myself, like I... I was kind of always turned off by Corgan's voice and obviously like, okay, I'm a vocalist. I'm not saying like I'm the best vocalist, nor do I believe that remotely, but obviously voices would be problematic for me if they annoyed me, right? So initially I kind of had this really like disdain for Smashing Pumpkins because of the way he sounded. But the thing that I want to really like point out is that I can appreciate and understand why something is successful without even liking it naturally, if that makes sense, like intuitively. And therefore, I actually gain a like and appreciation for it that surpasses my kind of like gut initial reaction. I, I'm, I'm sorry if that was like way too tangential. No, no, no. no like, like that's a very good contribution. Huh? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny because I, I feel like, you know, maybe where that came from, that idea of like, oh, it's so cool to not like try to be lazy. Yeah. I think maybe where it came from is the idea that you can get so good at something that it looks like you're not trying, right? So, mm. you know, when this idea of cool kind of first started maybe back with like Miles Davis yeah. or like people like that, yeah. it was really cool because people like that, yeah. you know, they'd walk out they would look like they weren't even trying, but they would play something amazing. Reality was these people spent a crazy amount of time. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> After last time. They do. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then some, for some reason, that kind of evolved into like, oh, I don't even care. I'm Just the culture care. of its yeah, own. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, and, and like to Scott's point, I think that, you know, going back to the, the reality of the fact that, no, you know, if, if you really want to do something good, it takes effort. Yeah. yeah. You have to put some time into it. Even if it seems lazy, it well, takes effort. Well, exactly. And what, what maybe where that comes from is, is people who are that good already, because they tried really hard. Yeah. Like, it's almost like an existential, like, jadedism where it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, I just don't care. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I just do this because this is my thing after I've already put in the work to get to my level right now. Yes. You know what I mean? But not necessarily that you never need to try in the first place. Yes. Right. And yeah. I think that that's what people lose is it's more people who are jaded once they're like, you know, at this level. Yeah. Like, I feel like Steely Dan is a lot like that. You know, but around that time, if you kind of think about it, I mean, there's a lot of bands that kind of say that in the 90s, uh, Pearl Jam. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were kind of like not wanting to be the cookie cutter thing from back in the day. So there's the um, Smashing Pumpkins. Well, it's like what Jared Mayer was saying, like all the all the 90s bands, like they kind of well, like, you know, the post glam rocky type of stuff. They all kind of had that philosophy. And that's why. That's actually my favorite time in music because you have, you know, Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots. um, Jane's Addiction. Yeah, Jane's Addiction, Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins. They're all like alternative rock from the 90s, but they don't sound anything alike and they don't even sound like they're influenced by the same stuff. Oh, yeah. There are other bands like like saying about this in laziness when you're playing music is like, Look at the Ramones. Like they're kind of like sloppy, but they're really good. Like they're really talented. Because the Ramones seem like they had a fucking blast. Yeah, what they were doing. Though. It's just like, because the way they yeah. execute it is not about oh, I'm playing a wrong note here or there, or I forgot this part. You know, it's just like they know the songs, they know their music, they play how they play it, whatever it sounds. It's just like. That's what it makes it so unique. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect to be good, uh, in my opinion. No, I agree with that. But one thing that I'm really a stickler about is is knowing what you're talking about. Oh no! They need sound effects. <laughs> is knowing what you're like knowing the rules before you can break them. I really am a. I'm super. I mean, I guess Jared Mayer says I don't know what I'm talking about, but. <laughs> I really am a stickler for for understanding the rule of whatever it is I'm interested in and, and you know music being one of them. And then breaking those rules purposefully and with knowledge and intent, as opposed to just kind of chaotically uh, I'm punk rock and this is like my music. You know? Yeah, John Frashanti yep. actually says that in an interview where he says that you should learn how to break the rules. I mean, you should learn the rules so you know how to break them with finesse as opposed to just like, I just don't know, but I don't care. Like, it's almost like a musical naivety is what you think makes it good. And that's the exact opposite of what people are talking about. They're talking about you, you need to know what you're supposed to do so that you know how to do it different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out where we got. Okay, so we're still talking about Gish. I would just like to say, if you guys would like to check out some songs from that and you've never really delved into Smashing Pumpkins, it's easy to start with Siva, Rhinoceros, and Crush. So if you're not Smashing Pumpkins fans or at least never went back that far, definitely listen to those. The next album is Siamese Dream. That was the album that many people believe was their best. Ever the nerds, they still didn't fit in. While everyone was doing the flannel grunge thing, the Smashing Pumpkins were creating their own thing. Part Black Sabbath Stoner Rock, part Shoegaze, and part Cheap Trick-esque Catchy Rock. Okay, so this is where I identify with them the most. We started metal with an equal equal parts love of Yacht Rock, (laughs) 90s Alternative, and 80s Glam. The first songs we were covering were No One Like You by The Scorpions, Easy Lover by Phil Collins, Man Eater by Hall & Oates, and You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette. 
We all love Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, etc. And I'm probably only speaking for Megan and I, but Celine Dion is equally up there. The idea of trying to conform to one genre or sound is nauseating. And for that reason alone, we will never be part of the Cool Kids Club. It seems music, especially today more than ever, is about conformity and tribalism. And that's just not us. Anybody else want to elaborate? Well, I mean, I think even, you know, Corrigan in one of the documentaries was talking about this, too, that that he felt that, again, same situation, that he couldn't be appreciated in the local scene because he was not doing anything that the local scene was doing. And it's also, you know, it ring, I mean, obviously, we, it rings true with us, you know, that, that what's happening right now is not what we're really interested in playing and doing. So, <laughs> Jimmy Castle's I <laughs> smash pumpkins once a year. That was great, Jimmy. Anyone I love else? it. Anyone else? <laughs> I'm late to the party. I just saw that. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. You know what? Uh, I don't know. Billy Corgan, um, very opinionated guy. But um, with uh, them not doing everything that like, that was going on at their time. Um, I can appreciate, as far as their music goes, what they were doing and what they brought at that point. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it was like a um, mix of, like, very, like, a different genres, like heavy metal, progressive rock, pop, like dream pop, shoegazing, yeah. which yeah. was, like, like, even existing back in the day. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It was just all together. Like, they well, no, were creating these new sounds. It started, too, because, like, you know, Maisie Star, I feel like, is one of, like, <laughs> one of the hallmarks of, like, you know, shoegaze sound. You, I mean, that dreamy, kind of lazy vocal. Like dream pop. Yeah, that, yeah, that, like, delivery. I'm sorry. It was yeah. more what I, what, what I meant. It, it, like, that stuff was being kind of brought to the forefront at that point, uh, as far as that goes. So I don't think you're, you're off base at all. Yeah. I just want to show everybody my shirt real quick. Okay, oh. back. <laughs> yes. Scott has a zero shirt on, but you can't see it. Yes. Okay, so with Siamese Dream, they worked again with Butch Big, but this time the sound was yes. even bigger. And the reason why it was bigger was because Billy, kind of like me, and my problem with working with producers is I always like bitch out and I'm like, well, you probably know better than me and don't do what I actually want to do. Is Billy this time said, you know what? Like, this is the sound I want. Butch Big says, we can't record that because it's too muddy and it just too crappy won't translate. And he goes, well, that's the sound I want. So we're going to figure it out, right? Very opinionated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it worked. Like I said, everybody thinks it's their best album. And yeah. it says, okay, so gnarly fuzzed out guitars. And sometimes they tracked the same guitar 16 times over. 16. Oh, man. 16. So Fucking they nuts. They stretch that tape. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and then like you also take like songs, you know, like Cherub Rock and juxtapose them with songs like Disarm, and you get a truly great picture of who this band was. They they say that they wanted to record an album where everything was happy, sad, crazy, stupid, and just like them. I love this. One of the biggest issues I have with genres and the way that people cling to them so hard is that you're not in the same mood all the time. When I hear people that are only into metal and that's all they listen to, the only thing I can think of is how boring they must be to be around. If you're the one, <laughs> if you're that one-dimensional, I'm not too sure I could enjoy your presence. Like, what do you guys think? It, yeah, it's just like you got to be open to discover like different music different opinions different ideas i think that's what's music it's about you know it's like um there's so many perspectives there like so many cultures that you can learn from 
and it's kind of like pointless to me just to like focus on one because like this is the one that I like the most and you know I don't care about the rest it's like at least you know invest some time to like see why you don't like the other ones and and then you can just judge you know he's not thumbs downing what's what I'm thumbs downing the quote oh yeah and you should thumb down it, thumbs down it too because Kelly Barker talking about the Vikings oh man yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but on that note, what uh, Scott was talking about, Billy Corgan and uh, Butch Biggs. I'm I'm a huge fan of Butch Biggs, just so you guys know. But I do actually uh, um, give Billy props for saying, like, hey, this is what I want to do uh, in the recording. Um, I like I, I work with other artists, too, as, as well as re, uh, going into the studio and recording music for them. And I'm one to kind of just ask to see what they want to do. And I just kind of follow that rule. Um, I try to see their vision and just try to enhance it. But I know with certain producers, they're going to go in there and they're going to say, okay, well, let me hear what you got and let me fix what I think needs to be fixed. And in that case, with Billy kind of standing his ground and saying like, hey, this is, no, I don't want to do that. I want to record my really fuzzy guitars. <laughs> That's yeah. going to sound all muddy. And it turned out great. And the audience loved it. So I just, I, I love that about about that part. Of it. Well, he created a genre. I don't know if I'm like taking that point like too soon, Scott, but like that's something that is, you know, is to be, in my opinion, respected that even though he fought what was, you know, the current trend and he fought that, you know, particular... Uh, Big names. Exactly. Yeah. He fought that particular, you know, status quo he created something that then so many other bands repl- he created a genre you know and that's why like you know it is it is kind of important to to definitely have like an outside perspective have a producer that can be somebody that wrangles you in that can be your harsh critic that can be an outside third party like this is what you need to fix etc but also you know there that push and pull that interplay is necessary too you know there needs to be an argument against what the producer is saying um, to allow the artist to, to put something out there that then becomes something as big as a whole genre of music, you know? So that's my perspective. Yeah, it, it's cool, too, because they definitely were not afraid to put in the work, you know, and put in the time. They, they talk about how, like, yeah. their, their, you know, their touring schedule was obviously crazy. They toured like crazy. But even their recording schedule was, like, six days a week, 12-hour days or something crazy like that. Like, they were in there putting in the work, making sure they were putting out what they wanted to put out. And I think that's that's really cool. Yep. And just, I can imagine just, like, being in the studio, like, Billy, you know, just, hey, we need, like, eight songs by yesterday. <laughs> like, he, like, probably he was just working under so much pressure that he was, like, oh, man, it's kind of, like, really it's it's kind of hard to like just think of new ideas because i oh, haven't yeah. even finished one song when they're like already requiring one more like an, another one to that that goes back to our last podcast about molly crew having to go in and record so many freaking albums two years apart from each other yeah so close. with touring and everything and all the press goes yeah that's mm-hmm. it really goes into that uh, roy like, do you really want to do this music thing? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? It, a lot of people think it's like all glam and like everything, but there's there's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. 
I'm taking nice. a drink. That's why it's quiet. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. So the song today meant a lot to Billy Corgan because he said it was the literal turning point in when he decided he was going to truly be himself unapologetically. When I was younger, I didn't care for this song as much. I always lament songs that are in major keys. And I have always struggled to write them because they always seem so cheesy to me. Now that I've spent more time with the song, I love it. And I actually think this song is so genius in how it's crafted that I wish I wrote it. I'm actually trying to get more into writing the major keys as we speak because it's a challenge for me. Um, I don't know if anybody else has this problem. Like, I don't know, like, do you ever try to do that? But, like, I personally, like, like I said, like, everything in a major key comes across sounding, like, just so, so campy. And, I, and like, a lot of bands do it great. Like, Garbage they have a lot of songs in a major key that sounds great. You know what I mean? I just yeah. can't fucking do it. Uh, Pretty I, much every pop, 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 punk band. Don't tempt <laughs> us, Jarrett. Maybe we will do more shots, and maybe this podcast will start to degrade real quick. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I already don't know what I'm talking about, right. so I might, as well, I might as well drink more. There you go. <laughs> then you know. <laughs> They're like, about. don't worry. They're like... Then I know. They're like, we've already got to the point where it feels like you guys are at 15%, so just do it. <laughs> May as well. So, yeah, so, like, next song to talk about, because like, it's in retrospect, I said, like, Disarm. Yeah. Fuck. This song is the one that actually got me starting to listen to my own music. I used to work at my uncle's shop in middle school making cabinets on the weekends for money. I would hear this song on the radio all the time and just thought it was the coolest. This song to me was the exact opposite of today. Now I think it's super played out, but back then I thought it was the best. It's so funny how these things flip-flop. Billy believed he was abused growing up and actually stated that when you're an abused child... He you believed. Have... He just believed yeah, he was you know, abused. I know. <laughs> like, and honestly, okay, so if anybody's ever watched... This is going to be a weird tangent, but if anybody's ever watched Honey Boy, the Shia LaBeouf movie, like talking about him and his dad's relationship, it was supposed to like kind of spell out why Shia LaBeouf is so fucked up because he had this dad that was so fucked up. But when I watched the movie... I'm like, his dad doesn't seem that fucked up. Like, he just he just seems like a loser, but he wasn't, like, beating him, and he wasn't that mean. He just was, like, not necessarily the picture-perfect role model, but he wasn't, like, like the meanest, like, worst person or somebody who was, like, even, like, degrading him. Like, I don't know. Did you guys ever see that movie? I know Megan did. Which one? It was called Honey Boy. It was, like, Shia LaBeouf's movie about him and his father, and he played his father. And the whole point of the movie was just to show people... Like, oh, this is what, what I experienced growing up and kind of why I am the way I am now. Yeah, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a horrible movie, but it was super anticlimactic for all oh, the run-up that they gave on that freaking thing. They it made was a it, major release? Yeah, it was like in theaters. It was ever, It was like big hype. Hmm. I know we're old, so we kind of don't like follow. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, just so that I don't even have cable. Like if that's even remotely like... Neither like insightful I. to anybody like that's how much i'm not in touch with anything so <laughs> you know i don't even go to movies like i don't go to movie theaters I <laughs> singers get smarter with yeah. more shots i'm hashtag science i'm especially not especially with jackson daniels hell yeah jack daniels 2020 yeah. facts vote for metal we left you last because you always jump the gun exactly scott yeah. god damn it okay. jerry specifically okay. told me not to give you your shot until i made the master plan to leave Scott at the very end now so that, that we can all take it at the same time. Now I'm being and babysat. If you, have one, <laughs> if you have one with... Damn it, Scott, you're going to take it right now. Oh! Son of a... <laughs> Okay. So Jerry's like himself. holding it. <laughs> everybody, wait, did everybody, everybody took it except for you. 
talking Damn about it. Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan. What? Everybody yes. hates him. He's crazy or something. I don't yes. know. Back to Billy believing he was abused growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a weird I'm so idea. sorry for anybody who's like a victim of child abuse. No, but like, he wasn't though. Listen, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's kind of like, maybe he was and he just didn't talk about it. But even his dad was like, you know, in some of these documentaries and he never really said like, oh, I hate my dad or anything like that. That's true. Yeah, no, he didn't. And he, he, more than anything, his dad just wasn't really around, I think. That's kind of like more the, what they said. Like, because his dad was a musician and always like working nights, like trying to like play gigs and stuff for money and stuff like that. What's funny about his dad, though, I, I want to jump. Oh, shit, your face. <laughs> is that I want to jump in and say like he was like when they asked him a bunch of questions in one of these documentaries, he was like. I mean, the kid didn't have any interests. He was kind of <laughs> he was kind of boring and quiet. He didn't even listen to music. He didn't care about music. He was like, I don't know. I couldn't relate to him because he like had he was just boring and didn't. Sp- he said literally he didn't speak. Did he have a like a normal? Home life, childhood. I, or, supposedly, well, I mean, there's pictures of him like smiling with a bicycle at Christmas. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the definition I, I, of a normal done. child. I, I think that's more what than CPS requirement. <laughs> <laughs> Just send, send us the picture, the Christmas picture with the bicycle. We'll be all good. You're good. As long as he's smiling. Is there a normal Christmas child in the background. Yes. If we detect a, detect a hint of a frown. <laughs> My dad wants to kill me. No, shut up. We got a picture of you <laughs> smiling. <laughs> Smile. Grab that bike. We I told you. We try to warn you guys. Receipt. More shots is a bad idea. Oh, no. We're going to come across as real insensitive real quick. Yeah, real quick. All right. All it right. could, honestly, though, I think that probably when he says abused, like, and, and I really don't know. And like, he, he said, no, no. He did say verbally. He said psychologically abused. Yes. He never said, he said, my dad never touched me. Like he didn't like hurt him or God forbid sexually <clears throat> abuse somebody. But he said it was much more to do with psychological worth. He was always uh he expressed that he was always told he was worthless and and could never amount to anything. Words, that was the abuse. Words have a lot of impact on oh, yeah. a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. They sure do. And and he you know, he could not be lying. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but Michael, the question to ask is, but did he deserve it? Oh, no. <laughs> or, don't. but did he die? Yeah, yeah. That too. No, guys. What doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. We're going to get freaking cancel cultured like right now. Don't, nobody incentivize any of this. Man. Well, what if we have a disclaimer that says we didn't say anything that we said? There We're you gonna go. We're going to start playing easy Highway to Hell. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, where does smashing come from? Moving, moving no, on. we're not going to talk about smashing. <laughs> Too many shots have been had. But now, now, no, now, now it's time. Now it's time for our redemption because I actually have this in my document that I'm trying to read off of that I've you know constructed this podcast off of that says okay, talking okay. point. <laughs> One thing I can say is, even though I didn't grow up well off and with a lot of stuff, I was also never abused. I actually feel my parents empowered me to believe I could do anything, and that is the mindset I have until this day. I honestly truly would love to know what it feels like to understand the contrast, to to understand what it would be like to be somebody who wasn't abusive, you know, like growing up situation. Yeah, no, I mean, I no, I know, I know what you're saying because obviously I was there when you when you drafted your 
yeah. your um, your document. But, well, well, let me but, finish real quick. It oh. says, I don't feel like money is an advantage in life. I feel like it's a head start. You're never going to be happy with just money, and thus there's no advantage. I would rather be happy than rich. If you grow up poor, you're, if you're ingenuitive, you'll still find a way to be successful and make money. There's tons of people who grow up poor end up making a shitload of money. So you're saying that, like, again, the the idea is that really what matters is the quality of, like, you know, your whole How life. you're brought up, yeah. Yeah, and your, your family environment. And, I mean, I, I completely understand what you're – I mean, I – I came from a, you know, a struggling situation as well. And, and like you said, I was never uh, somebody who ever felt I wasn't loved or who ever felt like I went without um, because of, like you said, the psychological, like you were talking about, like words really matter to kids, yeah, the psychological support, the, the love, the support that I had throughout my entire childhood made me feel super rich. You know, I, I never, I never felt like I went without. Yeah, um, in my case, uh, my parents, uh, they've always been supportive of everything that I've done. Um, Musically-wise, I mean, I guess uh, my brother and myself, uh, my sister, that we're the first generation out of our family that were into the music. My parents, uh, I know my dad played the trumpet for like in high school or something like that, but um, I really got a lot of support from my brother and my sister. So um, that whole structure from coming from family and uh, support comes one way or another. It doesn't have to be the parents. If you have siblings, it'll definitely help out. It did for me. That's awesome point. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, my dad played guitar, and he was always just kind of like, you know, um, just go do something. Like, if you want to play music, yeah. go play music. Um, if I wasn't playing shows, then he was kind of like, you're not you don't want to play music then if you're not going out and trying to play music. So <laughs> yeah. I, I really feel like I, I don't. Well, I he even like at least like put you in lessons for when you were playing bass oh, and stuff yeah. like year, like six years at least. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like I can't really speak to what Billy Corgan experienced because oh, I yeah. really, I had almost the opposite experience. I was very like supported in that and just kind of told like, if you want to do music, go do music, you know? And as long as you're doing it, that's all that matters. So, I mean, I, I think like what Scott was saying, it's, it's interesting because I think, you know, unless Roy is like, fuck, I was kept in a dog crate for 18 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, everybody here, like, and I, I think that you make a good point, Scott. Like, what, what really, you know, is the psychology of a person who was abused and, and actually makes it out of that circumstance to become wildly successful despite the odds? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it is really an interesting psychology to look at. Um, as somebody who went to school for psychology for far too long, I should know more about it, but I actually didn't study child development um, <laughs> at all. Because no, I hate children. Because <laughs> I hate children. <laughs> I, I just kids. use them to stay young. <laughs> right? What they're meant for, right? Um, no, that's I don't do that at all. Um, but, yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a, it's, it's a valuable point. Like, I only want to take one moment to note how my lighting makes me look like I'm on Are You Afraid of the Dark from the Nickelodeon times. Oh, I remember that. I love that show. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring, put in the comments if you think we need to bring back Are You Afraid of the Dark. And salute of... your shorts. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, salute your shorts is freaking nice. Bug juice. Anyway. Huh? To... Bug juice? You don't remember bug juice? Bug juice. It doesn't come in a jar. All right, cool. I have another oh. talking point listed. Bug juice. <laughs> All right. 
which was in one of the videos I watched, Billy Corgan says, I'm proud of what I've done, but in retrospect, I could have, we could have done it a little better. And I fucking hate that mentality. It could not have been better, but as time goes on, your opinions change. And the things that you think are better are probably just arbitrary to everyone else. I wanted red and blue to sound heavier and not so clean. It didn't end up that way, but quite frankly, it doesn't mean the song would have been better for it. It's like what I wanted was that. It, but like now as time goes on, I probably still want it to be that way. But would it, ch- but would it change the public's opinion of it? No, probably not. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is really yeah. important for the metalheads because this is the song that like brought you guys to us. So let, let us know your thoughts. Here's the thing about that stuff, though, about going back and started listening to old stuff that you've recorded, that you played, and all that stuff, right? Um, there's a, I'm getting smarter. Yes. Um, ab- about that mentality, yes, you start growing up a little bit more. You start uh, evolving on your musical taste. And as you do, you always look back as to what you've done, and then you start thinking... Oh, you know what? I should have done this part back then. Yeah. It would have sounded even awesome, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is that Red and Blue, I wasn't there when it got written. I wasn't there when it got recorded. But Red and Blue is done tastefully and it's done the way that it's done because it worked the way that it was done. And it's good. There's no change to it. There's no change that needs to be done Thank to you, it. Thank you, Jerry. Um, and there's a lot of people out there that I know that think of that stuff that they're all like, oh man, you know what? I started listening to the stuff that I was listening to that I recorded a long time ago and man, I should have done this chord change instead. No, because at that time, what you did was great. And it was reflective of how you felt at the time and and how it should have been. Yes. So instead of going back and listening and then saying like, oh, you know what? I should have done this. So they're like, oh, you know what? I had fun doing that. That was great. That was that's, the that's the way I wanted yes. it done then. Yeah, it's yeah. like no, being I, a I appreciate perfect, that, Jerry. Per, yeah. perfectionist. Like living with that exactly. regret is like, dude, why are why are you doing that to yourself? It's like just like you said, Jerry. Like live in the moment, enjoy yeah. it, and and whatever comes out of it, good. You know. I'm sure when you guys laid it down, you guys were happy with it, right? You guys were like ecstatic about it. Well, here's well, the okay. Oh, so oh, yeah. this is like this is like the uh, like a taxi cab confessions thing. Okay. This is like this is like premium channel. Yeah. Premium channel. What this is is when I first heard Red and Blue, I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> Like this, no, no. Let me finish. Another you shot. can't say those words in, on the on board. my own stream on my own page. I can say whatever the fuck I want. No, not allowed. <laughs> not allowed. Yeah, no. Like even on Spotify, when we put it on the freaking podcast, it says explicit. So I'm sorry. I, who are you apologizing to? Stop that. No, no, no. no. You're making us look bad. No, <laughs> he's right. What he means is that once we were we put everything down, we obviously did not know what it was going to sound like because we were putting down parts at a time. But then the first mix, the rough mix, which was just to literally show us, this is what all of your parts sound like together. When the producer sent us that, it wasn't even mixed. It was just literally thrown together. Like, here are your tracks that you've done. This is your song. I'm going to mix it now. Are you okay with your parts? Like Scott said, it was one of those moments where we heard it back and said, we we cannot... Stop 
do this. Like this has to keep going. You know what I mean? Like it was one of those, it was one of those come to Jesus moments where we're yeah. like, we are on to something. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and I don't want to say that and sound cocky. No, or... no, that's not what it is. It's just, it's more like we didn't realize that we could make something yeah. for real that actually sounded like it could just be on the radio with anything else or something like that. Like, yeah. like didn't know we could make music that actually was like, like that. Yeah. And that See, was really fucking awesome. With that thought, you gotta like if you start having those thoughts like oh maybe it should have been like a little bit heavier and all that stuff you gotta think back to that one little tiny like minuscule minute that when you heard it back and you said like holy shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like this is good that that's all you have to go back to that's all you really have to go back to you record something you feel good about it and you think it's the greatest thing that's it yep. you go yeah. back you're gonna listen to it and you're as a musician. As a engineer, as a audio engineer, whatever you think, yeah. you start thinking back and I'm like, oh, you know what? I should have mixed it this way, or I should have yeah, recorded yeah. this way. I should have no. Go back and listen to it and just say, like, you know what? I felt good when I put that together. Yeah, and just leave it at that yep. and move on to the next project. It's so like when I, before I joined this band, I was, uh, I was actually a fan. Like that's why I, I kind of like feel you know familiar with you guys, the metalheads, because I like I. I have the same feeling that you guys had. Like, yeah, this band rocks, man. We love Roy. But, um, we love Roy. I just happen to play drums and, and freaking kill it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so true. So I'm now in the band. Yep. Uh, but it's it's so real. I, I was just nuts. I was just amazed by the sound. Like this doesn't sound like your typical alternative rock band. Like it's different, you know. And I'm not just like. Putting, like you know, hyping words. yourself up. Yeah, hyping it. <laughs> but um, you guys know it's good stuff. It's catchy. It's good. It's original, unique. What else do you want? Oh yeah. And Anthony, just so you guys know, Anthony was there. He recorded the bass lines for all of uh, Twenty Seven Ghosts, yeah, including. Oh, you were. That's yeah. Right. yeah. 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 So everything there. from mm -hmm. the first album. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> when you when you start looking back, Anthony, do you feel like, oh, you know what? When I go back and I listen to it, do you think you needed to change anything? Do you feel good about it, though? Like, no, I, I feel good about it, and it's a weird thing because when you're recording the parts, you can't really hear yourself yeah. in the mix, right? You're just playing what you play. Yeah. So when you hear it back, it's almost this weird thing like, is that me? Did I do that? Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. it sounds too real. Yeah. Like for what you picture music being. Here's right. the thing is, you start laying yeah. that stuff down, and then somebody comes in, and your guys' case uh, was Eric, right? Yes. Yeah. Eric came in. He started, like, doing everything. And as far as a lot of people think, as far as I know, is they go to a producer, and they say, like, hey, you know what? We want to record stuff. Let's go ahead and lay it down. They track it. They put it down. And then the, and the producer gives it back to them, right? Um, and then they hear it back, and they're like, oh, man, they made me sound good. Yeah. 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 That's not really the case. What you're hearing is what you lay down. Yeah, but it's they like, just mix it right. Yeah. Yeah, they just they just make it bring out the best of what you what just you do. put down. Yeah. 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 So that that was the whole thing is like if you felt that way is like dude, you had you had that in you yeah. from the get-go. Yeah. It's just Eric was able to polish it and like show it to you. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And I and I really appreciate that perspective, Jerry, because it's so true. It's yeah. just it, and it's so fun because I get to listen back to the record and I get to hear 
what my friends and what my family members can do. You know what I mean? It's so fucking cool. Oh, I just said That's it. That's why I love Jarrett Mayer. I'm so sorry. I, I, what did, I, I just revisit that. Sorry, I'm proud. You guys don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jared. So, that garbage hook caught me. That's time, why yeah. you got to go vote. I know. Real quick, be, before we continue, Jared because like we got to get back though. to Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. No, he doesn't. He loves you. Like, we love Jared, and he loves us, and then everybody's happy. I was going to say, but I, I <laughs> really love, want, I want to comment on this Chip Cobb yeah, comment, right. though. He says, I'm curious of your sound, what you guys play on as far as instruments, and what are your go-to amps? Um, I use orange stuff for all my stuff, and I'm not sponsored. And so far, they don't want to sponsor me, but I'm going to keep bugging them. I know, I always it's so love. true. Yeah. They hate women. Yeah, yeah, they're they're misogynist or something. That's no, what it no, is. maybe not. But <laughs> tell them yeah. that tell them that they hate women if they don't go sponsor metal. Yep. Yes. But overall, I love single coil guitars. I recorded both of our EPs with um, a Jazzmaster and a Jaguar. I didn't have my Strat at that time, but I actually recently got a Tele Deluxe. You guys see behind me in the white, and it has. The wide range humbuckers, which sound a lot more like single coils, and that's why I was able to get into it. And it's so much fucking quieter. It's amazing. With all the high gain shit that I use half the time, like now, well, you guys will hear the new EP when that comes out. Like it's gonna be a little bit different, like a little bit more heavier 90s alternative type of stuff. I think you'll like it. But yeah. What do you like, Roy? Roy? Your gear. Oh, uh, I play Zildjian symbols. I'm not a sponsor. <laughs> not sponsor. Hopefully, the you know, A-Custom. one day. They, yeah. yeah. I play the A Custom. I like Bigfoot drumsticks. I like um, DW's um, drums. I also, I'm really interested right now in looking into buying a set from S- SJC. It's a drum company from uh, Massachusetts. And they are really cool drums. They the the community feel. I freaking love it. So they're just expensive. Like when it comes to instruments, it's just you got to break the band, dude. The no, bank. Yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. right. Yeah, it's really really expensive. Anthony, you're right. Yeah, I I I prefer the Gibson, like the way the Gibson feels, yeah. the way it plays. And it actually works kind of well because I know Scott kind of leans towards the Fender thing. Those are way brighter. Yeah, yeah. but they really complement each other pretty well so that it works out. You got bright, brightness, and then you got the heaviness with the Gibson. Yeah, yeah. So I like that. And I think maybe it comes from, you know, when I learned to play, I started on like an Epiphone, which is kind of more like a Gibson style. So I was even surprised to realize how much more I liked playing Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, I mean, even the the scale is shorter. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. different. That's why it's darker. Is because the the strings are inherently looser when you play the same size strings. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen any of the pictures from like live stuff and stuff, uh, Anthony actually has a really really nice Gibson. So yeah, uh, when we post that up, or you go back and look at pictures, just check it out. It's, it's orange. Really nice. It's orange, just like him. It is orange. Yes, yeah. I love that. I love yeah, that. it matches so nice. his gingerness. Yeah, Megan. What? what do you like? Oh, gear? <laughs> SM58. I know. I, I always joke that Megan has to go to Guitar, guitar Center and look at new mouths. I know. That <laughs> there are, like, everybody in my band is such gear junkies, and I love them for it. 
I love them for it. I love that they're into their gear, <laughs> but I can never, my gear is Scott's gear. Really? Honestly, it's also Jerry's gear. It's honestly, it's the guy's gear. Like my gear is their gear. Just I just to, actually bought myself a birthday present. That's like a crazy badass orange amp, but it's I love, I, I honestly oh, love their gear great. because the fact of the matter is, is that as far as like, I'm not a vocalist like I am because I have to be because we need one <laughs> but the fact of the matter is is I genuinely love the instruments I love the making of the actual music and so when Scott gets invested in all the gear and, and you know Jerry and Anthony and Roy I'm right there with them you know, even the symbols have different tones. Like there'll be, yeah. you know, darker tones or brighter tones. And we will sit there in the rehearsal studio and go, you know what? The 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 brightness of these symbols clash too much with the guitars or the vocals. Like it, it's taking up too much of that frequency range, right? Or the pinginess. So, yes. Yeah. So we have to remove it and go with something different. And I love that. Like that to me is what like my my contribution really is, is not so much the singing, like I do it because I can. But I love, like, the big picture stuff. That's my thing. Also, like, uh, related to your comment, Megan, is, like, I like the, that each of us individually is trying to, like, find their, their own sound, like, their signature sound. Like, how would I sound the best? Like, if I change this pedal or if I change this, like, symbol... Like, and we're open about it to like, hey, yeah. does it sound good to you guys or does it sound like too much, like too noisy type of thing? But we're constantly yeah. like improving that in that area. So I'll be honest, I've never been questioned about my bass tones until Megan <laughs> came along. <laughs> there you, go. you heard it here first. You heard it here first. I, I saw that coming. I appreciate it, though. Um, as far as myself, I've always played Ampeg. Ampeg is just like the best for me. I started messing around with some of the Fender sounds, and it's actually really good. But um, up until recently, like honestly, I've never been questioned about my bass tones up until Megan came along. And uh, I appreciate it because uh, it does bring up a lot of uh, uh, little questions about it. Like, does it sound good? Does the frequencies fit the song or all that stuff so um yeah my rig right now it's an ampeg head and a fender uh, cab and the thing is is that when i bring it up it's because i want everybody to sound like their freaking best you yeah. know what i mean like we don't have a sound Which guy back to the original theme is a yeah. very smashing pumpkins thing yes yeah everybody brings in their own sound yeah doesn't matter who else is in the room saying you know what you should do this no you know what? This is my sound right now. Right? No, yeah. So. Yeah, and making that work for the song. Yeah. And it's in it's exactly the philosophy we have. And another thing I like to bring up too is because like Megan questioned the whole uh, tone of the amps and all that stuff and like I have never 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 like ever questioned about like oh you know what should I bring in like bass amp pedals or anything like that until Scott so, I give you that right now, man. Yeah, yeah. So nice. that one's for you. Cheers. No. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. I know, but right, so we're gonna have to wrap this up. Yes. Which is good because. Oh, sorry. Which is good because I was gonna wrap this up anyway, be, since to me after melancholy and the infinite sadness, everything starts to go downhill pretty True. quick. True. True. So. It does. So if I'm gonna list a 
a sleeper track on Melancholy. It's all of them. The in, no, seriously, <laughs> the entire album is so fucking awesome. It's nuts. To me, like the one that I would have to say if all of them are great is the sleeper track though is thirty three. I've always felt like that one was the most underrated, but I love because I just really love that song. On that album, they worked with Flood, who's a producer who's worked with fucking everyone. Like he worked on all the early U two albums. He worked on the Killer Samstown album. He worked with Depeche Mode. I feel like he's pretty much just the UK Rick Rubin. Um, and I actually kind of like <laughs> no, but being honest, like it's pretty yeah. nuts. But it's yeah. cool that they didn't work with Rick Rubin at that time because everybody was working with Rick Rubin at that time. Oh, so it helped them stay fun. individual. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, they, the, the, they did work with Rick Rubin at some point, right? No, Smash Pumpkins didn't. If they did, oh, they did on the very most recent album. Right, right, yes. right. Okay. Um, but I don't know if it, if that was the vibe back then, like kind of like sleepy uh, songs, because like Alice in Change has an album that they released in 1994, uh, Jar of Flies. Mm. It. If you listen to it, it's That's just going to put you to sleep. Like. That album is nuts to me. I love that album. Yeah. We yeah, should really just... do... We should revisit Alice of Chains. I think we've said this before on a podcast. Oh. If we have not, one of me and Megan's favorite pastimes is just getting really drunk and high. And then... No, no. And then put it on fractals on the TV and just listening to Jar of Flies from beginning to end. I Jar don't... Flies is the man. That's, that's <laughs> allegedly... <laughs> Allegedly, you're not a teacher. Who cares? Allegedly, <laughs> I plead the fifth. Right. <laughs> mom, allegedly, your mom doesn't care what we do. Mom, I'm saying she's not watching this. She doesn't allegedly. give a shit. Allegedly, no, she's not on. <laughs> and even if she was, she'd be like, oh, "Fucking Emma, kids." Emma, my 14 year old sister, allegedly, she's not watching either because she doesn't like us either. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah, sister she sings vocal. <laughs> yeah. vocal. I know. My sister sings backup vocals. I'm doing this for a resume. <laughs> Pretty much. She like hates us. She sings backup vocals when like I make her. So I want to do that mumba rap that's going on right yeah. now. <laughs> so real. That's exactly So I'm sorry to degrade the podcast, but you know, since y'all were forcing us to drink Take more, shots. Yes, yeah. it, it's kind of meandered on to different things. But wait, who said that it was a good idea to do more shots. Yeah, Jarrett Mayer, yeah, it was Jarrett who Mayer. hates me anyway. <laughs> yes. Who thinks lead singers are pieces of Well, in just just Shoot. so we know, I'm going to I'm going to get this going cuz I I want to make these last <laughs> points and then we'll be pretty good. Okay, so the the thing that's awesome about this album is that for whatever reason they were actually well, not whatever reason it was it was great, but usually I just I don't really take the Grammys like that seriously. Like any kind of music awards, it just kind of seems like really fabricated. But they got nominated for a bunch of Grammys. Um, I think that they won best hard rock performance for it was either Bullet with Butterfly Wings or Tonight Tonight. But the thing that I really liked about this album is it reminds me of Houses of the Holy by Led Zeppelin, and that's that. In Houses of the Holy, every song sounded different. And in Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, every song sounded different. Was that one of their last ones? No, this was like, probably the... Their... Yeah, yeah. That that was the peak, and then it was downhill from there. Yep. Going up. That was uh, 1994? When they released... I think something like that. 95. Yeah, 1995. I was going to high school. Yeah. 
I was five years old. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, please, dude. I was going to say, 1995, I was five, too. I'm not that old, people. Oh, shit. <laughs> We're giving away everybody's I'm, age. I'm not the Mick Mars of the band. Yes, you are. You are, though. I am, though. You I am. Are, though. Yeah, we're kind of both the Mick Mars, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> this podcast is, is the best. Okay, so, you know, like, now that, like, you know, a huge, huge part of their history that we're going to have to skip completely over is that Jimmy Chamberlain, the the polo shirt wearing golf drummer, freaking, he ends up overdosing and then they have to kick him out. So their next album is Jimmy Liss and that is a huge like blow to the band because he was a big part of their sound and then that they kind of just started going downhill from there. Um Hold on. I'm sorry. I just lost the uh, the track on here. When was the last time they got back together again? <laughs> All of them? The yeah. dancing. Well, obviously, Marcy got snubbed. Darcy, yes. Yeah. Yes, Darcy. Yes. Was it, was it 2018, Scott? Yes. But, yeah. That was the last time they got back together? Yes, but there was no Darcy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But she was the only one, though, right? She, yeah, she was the only one in the band that was not the only original brought member back. that wasn't brought back. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to end up having to wrap this up, but because it's beginning to be ri- ridiculous. No, not not just that. I mean, yes, it is, it's but fun. that's fine. Okay. It's fun. It's yes. fun. It's fun. But I, the, the most important last question to bring up is, <laughs> so it comes. is you look at the Smashing Pumpkins and they have three albums that their fans are obsessed with. I feel like a lot of bands are pretty similar. Yes. Even look at the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I hope we're the same. If they, <laughs> like they get three or four to where everybody's like, those are the albums. Starts with Blood Sugar, then Californication. By the way, maybe Stadium Arcadium. Um, Stadium Arcadium was really. Good. Oh no, no, I think I personally think so that, too. Yeah, that, that, is that. Whole but that podcast. would make the fourth. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I feel like okay. a lot of bands have. Have three or four albums. And I was about to fight you. <laughs> and, and that's the band, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like done. And and the reason I think that that is is because you are only you so much. Anything else you yeah. start trying to do, I mean, an album is ten or freaking twelve songs. Yeah. How do you write more than forty-eight songs at max twelve that you really think that you identify with? Like, how do you have a sound that is more like you can even. Like they always talk about like evolving, but half the time I feel like you're just trying to be different. Even Prince, yeah. once Prince really yes. started trying to be different than what Prince was, people didn't even buy into it anymore. So it's just like perfect example: Coldplay. Oh my God! Somebody who yeah. plays into the trends currently and doesn't care if they have a specific sound mm-hmm. because they want to be popular, even if that means changing their sound entirely. I think that's a good example of that. Versus U2, in my opinion, who people love to hate, but I love U2. Mm -hmm. You know what? With, um, I I don't know, about um, U2, yeah, they stuck to the roots and they've always played their Their own style. Yeah, Yeah, their own sound. It's always been there. Even if it was forced onto you when you bought an iPod. <laughs> oh my God, so real. Right? Oh, that was so weird. Yeah, no, but they, they've they always stuck to their own true sound. But like anybody else, I think like, you know what? At one point, they always felt like 
they wanted to hang on to whatever they had on, yeah. like as far as like themselves. Yes. But they give a little a little bit of weight, and that just kind of yeah uh, snowball. Yeah. No. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's weird too because you know, as they're creating these albums, they're starting to get more and more famous, yep. more and more rich, yep. and ultimately that's going to kind of change you, right? And so I, I think it like twisted. Almost <laughs> believing everything you do is good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's going to be hard to go from like I created these albums when I was like you know trying to like do something, express myself, get myself out there. And then after it's out there and you've been accepted and everyone kind of loves you, that kind of changes your perspective. And it'll make it, to me, it would make it a lot harder to say, well, how do I continue to tap into that? Yes. You know, that kind of yearning and those things that yes. drove those initial albums. Because now I've kind of done it, right? So I think that is part of it, too. I, think I mean, that's it. a perfect point. Well, I was going to say, Jared Mayer said that the universe only gives us so much voice. And I really like that because... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Even though he hates me. I, that's a good one. <laughs> I love you, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love you too, no. Megan. <laughs> You're like, I can love both of you. It's no. fine. <laughs> no, but it's true. And I, and I think that people have, have ego issues because... If they're on top, they want to stay on top, and they don't... Well, that wasn't supposed to be sexual, anybody. Okay. <laughs> that was just you. Dude, that was about to say... <laughs> no, no, Nobody I want to add this. Look, this is even better. Sorry I accidentally pressed on this. Have a good weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, Nicholas Essek, he actually masters all of our albums. I was about to say, yeah. I'm glad he doesn't want to answer, you know, like that he even paid attention to us. So, thanks, Nick. Okay, bye. <laughs> he masters though. He mastered all he of masters our EPs. He masters all yeah. of our EPs, oh, and he's pissed off that we're <laughs> being in idiots. Like, no, I think. He <laughs> Nicholas, I think I'm so sorry, Nicholas. I'm so sorry. But back sorry. to something of Jared Mayer's point. I think that it's good to actually be humble enough and cognizant enough to say, like, I did what I came here to do, and now it's time for the world to have something else. You know what I mean? Like, it, you don't need to be the thing that's the focus all the time. And I just, I, I think that that's actually a great concept that, yes, the only, the universe does only give us so much voice. And we really don't need it. Like, I actually get really frustrated with social media because I feel like a lot of people who, sh who would never actually speak out speak out because they can without ramification. And that really frustrates me. It's like, if you didn't have, like, the I don't know the the bravery because I'm not gonna say balls because apparently I'm not allowed to say weird shit anymore. Oh, no. So <laughs> you are you are. Yeah. Nichols Essig is telling us that we're just awful. That's so sick. Um, but yeah, like you you should really only speak out when it's something that you truly truly believe in instead of just word vomiting everywhere because the internet is available. That's that. Uh, if you wouldn't say it standing in front of the person, yes, don't exactly say it on the internet. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. So drum roll. Yes, drum roll. I I didn't. Take it away, Roy. I didn't hate Adore. I didn't hate Machina. I did hate Zwan. Billy Corgan's like separate Swan. social. Zwan. Zwan with a Z, with his uh, <laughs> side project. Zwan. And the newest I album, the, the one that Rick Daniels. Rubin produced, yeah. Roy. Yeah, yeah. I only liked one song. I mean, the the rest were fine, <laughs> but I mean, I actually really liked one. It was called Silvery Sometimes. I thought that was cool and kind of reminded me of their old stuff, but just a more modern version of that. But now we're going to have to move into the Do They Rock? 
Yes, because we have to end this podcast because Sorry, everybody's guys. telling us we're fucking train wrecks. <laughs> but they caused the train wreck. They did. Imagine bending the rails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank, yeah. Nicholas Essig, everybody who's participating in the live chat is telling us to take more shots. And then now you're saying you're upset that you joined the podcast. <laughs> And now that's to that's to blame on well, everybody. Wait, 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 wait. That's to blame on everybody in the comments. I'm gonna defend Nicholas here. <laughs> oh no! Because I had too way too many Jack <laughs> No, but honestly, I'm gonna defend Nicholas here. Okay. Okay. Nobody put a fucking gun to her. That's true. And your here says shots, so I think we need to sign off before. Yes. One more. Okay. 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 Does do, do the smashing pumpkin? Do smashing pumpkins rock? Okay. Before that question, I would actually start saying, um, "Me, we'll take a shot." <laughs> embarrassing Anthony. <laughs> we'll take a shot. I'm embarrassing Anthony. <laughs> Only he was if trained by the in this chat can confirm of- that. They've taken a vote today for the Jack Daniels Battle of the Bar Bands. Yeah, if everybody right. in the chat has actually gone and voted. Have you have you guys gone and voted yet? So let's Steve, go ahead and just put like a Wonder. thumbs up. The link is something. at the top of the post. Know, whatever it is, just put something on the chat saying like, hey, you know what? I've done my part today. Every day is a new day. You can go ahead and go and vote. Go, go and find an I voted sticker on Google and then post it in the chat. Yeah, just go ahead and do that. And um, just... Let us know that you voted today. Royce. It's every day up until August 2nd. Royce. And then we can go ahead and take another shot. And we also want to hear in the comments if you guys think Smashing Pumpkins rocks. Roy, so, yeah. Roy just well, quit. in the comments and <laughs> also as well as in the Metalheads uh, group. Yes, on Facebook. You guys can go on there. Just go ahead and let us know. Do you guys think the mesh, uh, Mashing? <laughs> Smashing, smashing Pumpkins actually rock. Look uh, how, matri- like, um, Look how um, matriotic... Dan Garcia is. Matriarch. Yeah, it's like metal and matriarchal because Megan's a singer and patriotic. Oh. I just blended them all <laughs> together. You guys can deal with that later. Just un- uncipher that later. All right. Who's starting? All right. I think you have to end it, right? I need no, to. Well, yeah. you have to wait until Roy gets back. Yeah, so yeah. right now, let's go ahead and fill, Roy, up, fill Roy, up these shots. Yeah. Roy took a, a potty break. Hold on one second. Okay. He's taking a deuce, deuce. I'm going to fill the shots. No, I'm just kidding. Podcast we've ever made. Yeah, debatably. Twenty thousand, Scott. Best and Scott. I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh no! <Don't> you <laughs> wait. <laughs> I'll wait this wait. time. I will wait this time. I'll be a team player. This one we have to do it together because the bottle is off. empty. That was a brand new one too. That was a brand Holy new shit. bottle, and it's empty. Did you make Roy one though. I'm gonna have to share my shot with Roy. It's okay. empty. That sounds set up. Who needs to share? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? Here, here, here. All right. <laughs> you have to wait, Scott. <laughs> Scott? Scott? All right. And the words of the Backstreet Boys. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Okay. Vote for us. Vote for us. Smashing pumpkins. All right. Whatever. All right. All right. The bottle is empty. And the cans Ooh. are empty. Here it is. I like how Jared Mayer says, um, 
Tomorrow morning, coffee with metalheads. Oh my god. Yes. At noon. Because I'll be sleeping in tonight. But seriously, like, people, please, friends, help us out. Go vote yes. every day. Set up a reminder in the morning, 9 a.m. Go. 9 a.m. <laughs> Are we doing some merch stuff? or Right now, no, because... Oh, yeah, there's a long wait for the yes. merch. Coronavirus, yeah. So, Hold just on. so that everybody knows, um, we're... We have new merch uh, coming up, right? Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. So we have new merch um, because of the whole pandemic thing and all that stuff going on. There's a lot of issues going on with the I love you, shipping. Larry. Um, so with the shipping, if you were to go in and actually make a purchase and all that yeah. good stuff, it's going to take almost about a month for you to be able to receive your stuff. True. So Half of it. Right now, um, we appreciate it if you want to show your support. But the other thing is, is that um, we know it's taking a long yeah. time. We don't expect everybody to wait. Yes. And because of that, um, yeah, we'll go ahead and bring that out when it's a, at a more appropriate time. Unless you guys let us know, um, just post a comment, send us a message, let us know. Like, hey, yeah. you know what? I don't care. I'll wait. Yeah. It's about a month. Pretty much to let you know, like, all the... Pretty much any artist right now at this point because of the way that the merch goes and the processing and what it takes to get it done. It takes about a month to be able to get yes. your stuff back. So yeah. if you're okay with that, just let us know. If you're not, then we'll wait. Yeah. It's not an issue. Yep. Right? Yep. Not a problem at all. There and so with, you know, with that said, uh, I think we will conclude this wonderful podcast. Thank you guys so much. Real quick, here. I want to ask Jarrett Mayer. Um, only if you can get Dr. Fauci to wear one of our metal masks oh. at, at a baseball game. Oh, yes. yes. If you can get Fauci to wear a metal mask, we'll make masks. But, yeah, absolutely. It's taking about a month to get your order out to you because of the coronavirus. But let us know if you're willing to wait. We will absolutely uh, release all our new designs um, if you guys are willing to like bear with us. So, without further ado. Do they rock? Do they rock? Um, maybe Anthony first. Yeah, no problem. I will start. So before we went into the podcast and I started really looking into Smashing Pumpkins, you know, I liked Smashing Pumpkins. I If I heard them, I was like, oh, yeah, I like this song. It's cool. But I was never like, oh, yeah, Smashing Pumpkins is so good. I never – I probably – if you would have asked me a month ago if Smashing Pumpkins rock, I probably would have said like, eh, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> but, man, I – once we started preparing for the podcast, I really started like diving in, listening to the music, watching different things, you know, that they had out. It's they really have a lot of not just diverse, but just really good, yeah. interesting music out there. So for me, even though it was a little bit of a surprise going into this, they definitely rocked. Nice. Roy, I'm gonna hand it to you. Oh right, all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, coming about a siesta? <laughs> oh, yeah. Those shots are definitely kicking in right now. So, yeah. Cheers to you guys. All of you guys. We love you. Um, I'm just going to be briefly in my comments, but I'm just going to say Smashing smashing Pumpkins rock. Why? Because they created a new whole scene. First of all, you know, first off, they were really good musicians. Everyone. Like, yeah. they were 
freaking Billy can play like piano and like guitar, he can sing, like songwrite, you know, he does everything. Darcy can play bass and violins and violins, yeah. yeah. So that's why they, they are really like very like versatile in their music. They created something unique, like I said so many times before. Um I I'm just gonna say this, okay, Scott, don't get mad. Uh-oh. Oh, oh no. I, I, My panties okay. in a bunch. Hot take. But I <laughs> I think they were a little bit pretentious. You know, Ooh, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Just yeah. Bi- but but they needed to be. Why? Because they were different. They were uh the outsiders, you know, and they were coming with this new idea. So they just I don't know, they just created their own way, but the the whole thing of like the melancholy and the you know infinite sadness thing is kind of like okay, I especially because they spell it all stupid. Like like actually like the <laughs> collie dog, not like he, even like I think he even agrees that it's kind of like pr- a little bit pretentious. Yeah. Like he Billy does. Corgan, yeah. he he's like yeah, I know where our like people are you know taking him from, and I'm okay with that because I think it is you know yeah, yeah. but. Uh, Overall, the band freaking rocks, and I like him. I like him a lot. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jerry, then. All right, I'll go next. Right? I'm always the outcast. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so here's my take on uh, Smashing Pun- uh, Pumpkins. Is uh, I love the music. I love everything that they've done. Uh, they were in the era of... Uh, Pearl Jam and all the Grinch stuff, yep. and they came up with their own sound, and I freaking give them props to that, okay? Now, the only thing that holds me back from Smashing Pumpkins is that you are only as strong as your weakest link, right? Okay, so Billy Corgan, the frontman, it's actually one of the strongest links. He's up front. He's the one who's kind of like portraying Smashing Pumpkins. Musician-wise... I love them all. Billy Corgan, oh, I think he's kind of a D-bag. Honestly. Ooh, okay, okay. Oh. I've listened to numerous, 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 numerous uh, interviews with him. Uh, Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done. Uh, Howard like, Stern. A few of them, yeah. uh, I know we put up a uh, whole quote, uh, quote about him about like the whole uh, music and like being pretentious and stuff. Yeah, yeah. something yeah. along yeah. that lines. But yet. He was crying about not being nominated to get into the whole rock and rock and uh, rock and roll hall of fame. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of like him backtracking into that stuff. I know the okay. quote that I that we put up on the metal page. It was uh, years before that, and then the interview with Howard Stern happened about I don't know. I want to say about two years from now, and that's when he came up with that. So as far as music. Music goes, um, yeah, Smashing Pumpkins, they do great. I love them. But as their frontman, it's a whole different story. I've always heard about the whole thing about, like, if you don't got nothing to say, nothing nice no. to say, no. don't say that, That's what this is all. for, though. <laughs> that's yeah. what this is a podcast right? for. No, and I, and I get that. But um, I just, music-wise, yeah, I give them all the props they were kind of breaking out of the box when um 
um, Pearl Jam was there and uh, Nirvana and all that stuff was going on, they were kind of going out of the box. And I, and I give them all the props for that. But then the thing is, is that you have a band, you got different groups of people working together. And yes, it's a whole group, but it's kind of like um, you got the front man. The front man kind of is the face of the band, right? Yeah. All right. So with that, just the way that Billy comes across to me, it's just. uh, It's a no go for you. It's a no go for me. That's all right. I give them all the props in music-wise. As far as personality, because of what I've seen in interviews, I don't agree with it. And as far as anything else is kind of like, I guess, the cop-out, the 50-50. No. Like, I guess they rock, but not really. But uh, honestly, because of Billy Corgan, I don't think they rock. They put out great music. I like it. But Billy Corgan, personality, no. And as far as voice, hell no. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. All right. No, well, I Michael mean- McKeon, I'm actually invincible to alcohol, <laughs> just so you know. It's been too many years of too much alcohol to where, you're right, I'm feeling no pain. No, 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 no. I know, he is. This is- this is not, I think there's a challenge yeah. coming up here. I, don't I know. know that I agree with me. I yeah. think that you're invincible. Thing. You're 100% right. We'll find out. I was about to say, yeah, Anthony knows the deepest, darkest places that Scott has ever been. So, <laughs> oh, yes, oh, but, but that's in the past. But <laughs> that's not currently. Yes, whose turn but is it, Megan? It's my turn because yes. Scott's the last. All right, okay. Megan. So, here's the thing I hated Billy Corgan's voice. And because I am the vocalist, everybody expects that's the first thing I'm going to go to, right? But, like I said earlier in the podcast, I really appreciate a lot of different things that they brought to music at the time. I do appreciate a lot of the music that they've made and what that kind of has done culturally, etc. So, not to drag this on any longer, but I do believe that the Smashing Pumpkins rock. But I love that there are dissenters even within this band itself because that's what, you know, music is all about. It's about it's about criticism. It's about having different opinions, and that's what's awesome. So I now leave this to Scott, the person who chose Smashing Pumpkins this week. What do you think? Got it. Okay, so yes, I chose them because I think that they rock. And mentioning what Jerry said, I actually, I, I do appreciate what he said. I mean, I actually, I, I do really like Billy Corgan, but it, like to agree with Jerry, I think that the, the problem gets when sometimes a person themselves gets too big of a head. They even kind of change from what they were and why they wanted to do something in the first place. Yes. And and I kind of feel like like not I, I'm not even saying that you're wrong. I'm saying like, but if if you watch like say like from then to the middle to now, I think he kind of like also kind of takes it back a little bit. But it's just like I don't know. I mean he he might he might not, but it, it's one of those things where he might just be a confusing person, and if you talk to him in person, it might be different. I don't yeah. know. But just, but just being honest, I, I do agree with you. I think that he has come across that way a lot. Um, but I do think that at least the first three albums are really cool. I, and also pointing to Jerry's point, that when you start getting into a door and getting into Machina and stuff, like where, like, kind of my same problem with Tom York. 
I, I don't like, no, being serious, like after OK Thom. Computer, yeah, Thom York, exactly. <laughs> so like after OK Computer, it, it just like, it's Kid A, it's like in rainbows and all this stuff where you're like. So true. It's, it's fine, but sometimes you can hear people trying to reach too hard outside of what their comfort zone is. Like even like in the chord progressions where it's just like, yeah, like cool, like that's kind of dissonant, like. Like, are you doing that on purpose? Because that doesn't sound where people naturally want to go. It almost sounds forced to be like, oh, we're going to show you something new. Maybe you'll like it instead of just being like, oh, this just felt like it felt good. And like, that's how I write songs. If if I want to do something, quote unquote, interesting, and it just doesn't feel right to me after I do it, I'm like, no, I'm just going to go back to whatever. Even if it sounds too like typical or too poppy or too catchy, I'll still go back to that instead of doing the weird thing because... To me, that's what feels good. That's what music is about. It's what feels good. And that's all I really want out of it. So, yeah, Smash Pumpkins Rock. And Billy Corgan can, you know, maybe need to take it down a couple notches. Or maybe we just haven't talked to him personally enough. Who knows? There we go. <laughs> and on that note, thank you guys for hanging out with a very tweaked <laughs> version of Metalheads. Thank you so much. Go vote for it's us. It's not tweaked. It's not tweaked. Go it's like vote a twisted for us. Tea. It's twisted tea. It's a little like it's a loosened up version of the Metalheads podcast. Vote for us, Jack Daniels. Battle of the bar bands, please, please Bottle vote. Of bar Battle yeah, of the bar bands, please go vote for us. If you haven't voted today, you just gotta.